Jason, this week again, as they do every week, Lee Summit Town Hall is brought to you by our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Hey, spring's here. Spring has sprung. I will say, officially, it has been here. And it's just now creeping in to act like spring, too. And it's it, it's great. It's glorious. I love spring. And since spring is here, our buddies at Budget Blinds have got some spring cleaning tips for all our listeners. They do. So say you have wood blinds or faux wood blinds. What do I you, do? You want to clean them. How do I do it? First Help thing me. you do, you close them about 90% closed. So you kind of crank them up to be one direction. No, you didn't tell me there was going to be math in this. Oh, uh, well, you know, most, almost all the way done. Okay. All right, there you go. Is that good? Yeah. Because if you get them all the way, they touch and you can't get them you, all closed. You got to dumb it down for the dummies okay. with a mic. Almost all the way closed. And you dust them with a little feather duster or a glove duster or one of those things. If that doesn't do the trick for you, if it's been that long since you have cleaned your blinds, and it probably for you has been. Yeah, it kind of probably has. Me too. You can mix a little uh, soap and warm water, take a sponge, kind of work your way down. So you start at the top and work your way down slap by slap. You can use a little vinegar to disinfect them. You can use, you can add in, if you still need more work to get out something that's right there, you can do, take the spray cleaners, the uh, Fantastic, like the window cleaner or Formula 409 or any of the many other brands that we are not going to shout out because they, unlike budget blinds, do not give us money. And then you dry it with clean cloth and then you reverse it. So you crank them almost all the way the other way closed, Nick. Not 90%, I, I, almost I, all the other I way. I appreciate you that, keeping it simple for me. I'm keeping it simple for us dummies. And you repeat the process. And guess what you end up with? Clean blinds. blinds. Cl- clean blinds. You can do it all at one. Like You could have like a big old window spring cleaning and kind of blast your way through the whole house. Or you can parcel it out and do just a couple. Declare victory for the day and go do something more fun. And then come back the next day and do a couple more. It's your call. Hey. If you guys want to be blind cleaning experts just like Jason, if you've got questions, all you got to do, call our friends at Budget Blinds, go visit them right in the heart of Lee Summit, Main Street in downtown. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who will not just stick to sports. It's Nick Parker, the publisher, only to Lee Summit. There's more to life than sports, Jason. There is? I thought it was like baseball season for you, and you'd forgotten about all the other things. Yeah, I, I tend to do that. Yeah, I know. Look, soccer, especially now, because look, this is this is the week. It all starts now. Home opener, season opener, Thursday. Yeah, that's right. And you are going. I'm going. You and Mrs. Link to Lee Summit will be attending the game. We will be there. It's one of her two days of spring break she gets in Independence. Well, then it is timed well. That it matches up with a visit to the K. Exactly. I'm awesome. Link to the Summit is the source for all the news you need about this very fine city. And our unofficial sponsor today is a return unofficial sponsor. It's booze. Because honestly, I'm not sure I could get through tonight's episode without it. I'm here for you, Jason. You did. You you sent me the text that is one of the greatest texts to hear. What kind of booze do you want this evening? And I gave an opinion and you brought it. So, hey, win for both of us. I got your back, brother. So, and I'm also testing the theory is does brown liquor serve as a good cough suppressant? And so far we're doing all right. We're doing okay. Hey, speaking of of some some fine beverages, Jason, 
This last weekend was the Blarney Brew Off. And finally, for the first time, I got to go. You got to go. And there were many, many, many good beers. And we only drank like a fifth of them. Right. I mean, like we sampled. I won't say we did not have full beers. They were all little taster bits, ounce or two each time. But w- there was just so much. I got, I literally got full. Well, that's what I say. I've been telling people because they asked how it was, and you know, the obvious jokes about you know, did you drink too much? And I, and I got to tell you, here's what I tell everybody else: by the end, I was full. I was full. I was I not just, just no more room. Yeah, there was no more room. I think perhaps the giant burritos that we ate in the middle probably contributed to the lack of room. So the food trucks were also a big win, and we really enjoyed the burrito. We had a fantastic. We both ordered the same thing. Because, you know, that's apparently our gig now. Right. Uh, and But we both ordered the same thing and and from Sancho Streetside. And I will say this. That was like the best sort of, I'll call those the nouveau burrito, you know, from the Chipotle Chef, on. Chefy burritos. Chefy burritos. It was one of the best ones I have ever had the pleasure of consuming. And, and all of this to say a good on you to our friends, Brad and Brian, who own Grains and Taps and who put on this annual event. Good on you guys. It was an excellent this event. This fantastic. Fun time, and I would encourage all of y'all to go next year. Another piece of good news about downtown, Jason? Guess what happens in two weeks? Um, I don't know. April. Farmer's Market Farmer's opens. Market. Oh, April excellent 6th. times. Excellent times. I am excited. I'm excited for the Farmer's Market because it's great because you can get, like, you know, vegetables and stuff. Hey, and now that I'm... A downtown resident. I love it. I get to walk. I get to walk down on Wednesday, Saturday mornings. Get I my produce. Tell you what, if I'm I, happy. If I ever catch you driving there, I will probably have to hurt you. Like unless it's raining, no reason. If it's raining, you take an umbrella and you walk. But I might melt. Don't be a weak downtowner. Okay. I will I will up my game. I will up my game. Hey, a couple other things. Are you an entrepreneur? Do you run a small business? You got to check out some of the networking, educational stuff happening at Bridge Space. They've got a lot of stuff coming up. There's a session even coming up this Thursday about creating and selling online courses. Hit the Bridge Space Facebook page. Find out some more about those things. They're they're good. They're good. They're not like the multi-level marketing. No, or, no. Or the get work from home opportunities that you sell. The book that tells you about work from home opportunities. Look, I, I may or may not. Make some jokes about Bridge Space owner Ben Rayo and his love of pyramid schemes. Not really, but I want to spread some rumors. All right. These are high-quality content programs and networking opportunities. Just a chance to, to learn a few things. And I'm going to go with the worst dad joke of the day. I've looked at this building, and it's a terrible pyramid. Wow. I told you. Wow. I warned you in advance. All right. Worst dad joke of the day. All right. Let's uh, let's let's move on and let's get to a real show, Jason. Actually, one last thing. A reminder, and we're going to talk about the elections coming up, but a reminder if you want to want to meet the candidates, learn a little bit about them, learn how they, they see some of the issues facing our school district, hit Link to Lee Summit's elections page at LinkToLeeSummit.com. We're not going to get to the election stuff yet, Jason. I want to start off with... Typically, we, we would call this our favorite soap opera. But it's not even back to the soap opera. But it's yet. not even about that. This is not going to be about as the council turns. It's like pre-show for the council turns. Right. We may make a couple of references into the council and their role in this. But, Jason, I want to talk about Monday night. Monday night was the TIFF Commission hearing 
which you know everybody gets excited about tiffs right I would I would go so far as to assume that Monday night's TIF commission meeting was the most well attended and longest TIF commission hearing in recent living memory, and maybe longer. Let's set this up, Jason. What were we talking about? All right, so we'll go with this. So the the thing we're talking about, of course, is we have referred on many of our recent recent shows is the proposed downtown apartment uh, development to go on where the current site of the former Methodist church, it gets a little confusing, but they're at Second and Douglas um, in, in that whole thing. So they, they had been in front of the council with some conceptual development plans a couple times over the last year and a half. They came through planning commission with their develop, preliminary development plan. Uh, that was recommended for approval by the planning commission, went up to planning, went up to the city council uh, a couple of weeks ago, or was it last week? Uh, and... Um, basically got punted <laughs> into the middle of April so that the uh, then now continued uh, TIF commissioner, TIF uh, proposal hearing, TIF plan. There we go. It was a public hearing for a, a public hearing for a TIF request. For a TIF request um, could be heard at that. So there was, and it was essentially punted by the council, by many, a number of the members of council, punted for the very purpose of they wanted a hear, they wanted the, opinion of the TIF commission on the record before they spoke on the record about the project, about the development itself, like the physical structure. And we talked about that last week, so we're not going to rehash that quite yet. No, but we're going to, we'll, we'll set it up just a little bit in, in saying that, that essentially this was a request for tax increment financing to help pay for a parking garage, which was approximately 400 or so Parking spaces for for what would be residents of this of this apartment building. This was a little different, Jason, in that typically TIFs don't come with residential projects. Correct, and I, and I think that provided not in, that provided, at least not in Lee Summit. We'll put it that right, way. Right, and that provided some opportunity, I think, for for a lot of confusion and a lot of uh, how should I say this, Jason, mincing of words. During well, the presentation and, and I during questions, I, I think you could even venture into perhaps, if not purposeful, accidental obfuscation of the issues at hand. And we're going to get to. I think we're going we're going to get to that because we're going to talk a little bit about the conversation and the questioning that the back and forth that happened during the during the TIF commission. But first, I want to start with what happened was the TIF commission voted to to not approve. A recommender recommendation of denial. A recommendation of denial of, of of the TIF request, which changes the game a little bit as this project decides whether or not it's going to move forward. What that does is it now requires a supermajority at the city council level to keep the project moving forward, which would mean 6 votes. Right. And if you uh, if you did any tea leave reading from the last time, it's probably 5-4 in favor right now. But we'll see where we get there on the 16th, and we're going to come back to that as we go through. So it does, I think, that recommendation of denial imperils the project uh, going forward. Now, let's, let's, let's do some full disclosure, Nick. You and I, in our, in our personal opinions, are in favor of giving the TIF and this project going forward. We yes yes you and I you and I support this. I'm also a member of the board of directors for Downtown Main Street, which supports this. I want to put that up front, but then I also want to. I just want to do that so we can move on because what I want to talk about, Jason, is I want to talk about the discussion that happened, and 
how we're talking about this as as a community and 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 I want to talk a little bit just about some of the things that were said. Right. I think that's I think that's where we went out, but I think we and, and believe me how hard it was for me to spend time in the pre-show preparing to get Nick to admit on air that he has a bias in one direction or another. But I thought it was important that we put it on the table and then we can put it aside so then we can talk about what happened and what it means and, and what go forward without really getting uh, spending a lot of time advocating for the plan. And so I just want to be clear. We're not trying to advocate for the plan, but I wanted to put it on there that we both we both are in favor. We think this was a thing. I mean, I mean, it's been something to be straight as honest as I can. It's been near and dear to my heart for 10 years down here is to try to get this kind of a project on the road so that we could increase the number of people downtown. So now taking that, we're going to move on. Okay, we'll move on. Here's the thing I want to start with, though, Jason. I, I, I have a, a, a quick question for you to kind of set up my, my follow up. And I'm probably not lawyering this right, but, you know, I didn't go to school for 12,000 years like you did. That's true. And I probably have are a happier less, and healthier. For a it. lot less debt than you, too. Let's start off with this. And I think this might be good good for, for everyone as, as we dig into this conversation. Let's start with what is the role of the TIF Commission? What's, the, what's their job in this process? Right. So they are, um, as the Planning Commission is, um, a recommending body. So what their job is is to review an application for an incent- a TIF project and give a recommendation of a denial or approval of that. Now, some of that is based on some statutory requirements. The law requires, Missouri law requires, that we have, that it meet certain criteria. There's a, what's called a but-for test, which is not as funny as it sounds, Nick. Um, and <laughs> all right. Well, I don't want to get into no, all, I won't of, get into all, all of that minutia, but, but basically what you're saying is they, there's part of the job is there's a score sheet almost. Right. It has to meet, and they have to have evidence to, to match up with that it meets the criteria of a of that the law requires of a TIF, and and there's and I think and then there's a more of a piece to it. Is this something you know they come into this? Is this a thing that is good for they think is good for these? Is does it does it meet a greater good standard? Yeah, something of that nature. Okay, okay, we know their job. The result was a seven three vote against recommendation. Correct. Okay. Okay. So we know their job. We know what happened. Now I want to get into to to what they said, the commissioners, what they said, and how they got to that seven three vote. And the reason I asked you, and again I know I'm bad bad at the lawyer part of, part of this. Maybe we should have flipped roles in this conversation. But the reason I asked about the job is one of the things that kind of bothered me a little bit was that some of the commissioners after the public hearing portion went on the record to say the reason they were going to vote no was because of public pressure, because there were so many other people talking against it that they wanted to support those people. I had a hard time taking that at face value, or maybe maybe I shouldn't. Maybe face value is fine, but to me that doesn't seem the role of the commissioner. That Obviously, the role of the elected officials at city council, the people vote them. They are supposed to, by definition, be responsive to the will of the people. Commissioners are appointed by the mayor. And in my mind, the job, whether it's TIF Commission, whether it's you and and your colleagues on Planning Commission, your job is to use that score sheet 
the merits of the law does this meet these requirements all right so i will i will i'm going to push back a little bit on that um and now and i have been accused and i have said from the dais that we as a commission um, as an appointed commission are less responsive to public pressures than are the elected officials at the dais at the city council however that does not mean that we are immune to those public pressures, or should we be immune to those public pressures? It's something that needs to be taken into account um, and and weighed in some fashion. And I think that you can do that, but I will say this, I'm not sure that that is by itself a sufficient reason to, to make a recommendation of denial just because some people don't like it. Well, uh, let me let me ask that question, or or maybe the question should be for myself: How much weight then should be given? I mean, and, and I think you and I are probably going to keep differing on this a little bit, and and you're coming out with with obviously more experience in that situation than than I am in, but I just feel like like that that shouldn't be carry a a ton of weight in their in their role. I feel like it's a very defined job and position. It, it is, but I think, and in that weight, it's not it's not that defined in this way. Um, it is it's a weight that everybody has to give a little bit of difference to, and I and a part of it I think would be that this group. I mean, this is certainly the most contentious TIF application probably since the Summit Woods and Summit Fair applications of low so many years ago. Um, you know, before either you or I were back into Lee Summit. Um, would probably be that. And so this group of folks probably hasn't had a lot of experience as a body of dealing with those kinds of public pressures. And so the individual weights they give to them are there. But I would say this is, you know, the the reasons that they stated on the record for voting against it, these public pressures that they're worried about, um, you know, the impact on the sewers or the streets or some of the other things that were said aren't really germane at all in many ways. And, and I would argue probably covered up for the reasons that they really felt maybe on the inside. Well, okay. And I think that leads, leads to, to one of the other reasons why I think I was, I was bothered by those stated reasons because that's what they said after hearing from, from, from people during the hearing. And, And I will say too, I did, I didn't count. I don't have tallies, but I would say it seemed to me like there were, it was pretty even, public statements for or against the development which is pretty rare which actually is, which as is, a whole which is rare especially compared to and I, we'll, we'll get into some of this later this isn't the first multifamily project that has has drummed up public opinion but it was, seemed very clear to me that these same commissioners had already made up their mind by the time the public hearing started. And I and I based that just on the way they asked questions and the way they they presented their questions and their and their their thoughts to the applicant, to the developer. It was very combative. And and so it seemed clear to me that they were already maybe maybe it was just perceived public pressure that they were already kind of kind of bowing to, which is I guess from from your side okay. Um, and and we'll we'll differ on that, but I think that's why I had trouble with that being their reason is because it seemed to me that was their that was their stance from the beginning. Yeah, and I would say this. Okay, so let me be uh, very clear. There is a broad spectrum of opinion on tiffs that are okay to have. Right? There's not 
neither you or I, despite what we, you know, we may have personal opinions on sort of TIF theory or what is or isn't worth a subsidy or any of those. By the way, since you're making me own up to things, I will usually side on the no TIF, no TIF, no TIF side right. of things. I mean, that's my that's my natural starting point. And, and I have some theories, and I've talked about it before on this show. Um, you know, and I'll and and we'll come we will come back around to that as we go. But you could, it is a reasonable stance to take, not one I agree with, but a reasonable stance to take that no tiffs are allowed. You, we just we're not we're going to be one hundred percent anti tiff no matter what. That is a stance one could come to a discussion. I mean, it would be weird to put somebody like that on the tiff commission, but that well, is, but that's the, the stance of the library board, right? It the and and you can that's fine. Right. I mean, you can that is a stance that you are entitled to take. You could have a stance where um, and, and I think that this would be if I were to guess some most many of the no votes were uncomfortable with because Lee Summon hasn't done it before with any kind of a tiff for a purely residential project. That's a fair stance to have. You could have a stance that said, you know, I'm highly skeptical, but I can be convinced. You could have a stance where I'm generally in favor, but you know, you better do a good job. You could have a, I believe one of them said, I've never seen a TIFF I didn't like until tonight. That could be your stance, right? Um, as as we go through this. So there's this huge range of, of opinions that you could come to the table with at that point. What I would suggest is we weren't clear what those reasons were. And if the reason was, if TIFF Commissioner X got to the end of that and I've, I've heard all you've had to say and all that I am just not comfortable giving a tiff in this circumstance because we don't do residential tiffs okay that's a fair stance to take once again maybe not something I agree with but it is a fair stance to take or if they came and they said I don't want any tiffs or you have not shown to me the math that makes it pay you know that the the burden increase on the schools and the libraries and the this that the other is sufficient to get us where we need to be. Once again, all of those things are fine. None of those things, or very, very few of those things, were actually like affirmatively discussed during discussion by the TIF Commission, and that's an issue. I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you some there. I think, I think that would have made it more palatable for me as, as I heard things. And foreshadowing, Jason, this is going to be a theme when we get to the second half of the show too. You're terrible. You don't give away the theme early on, but go for it. I like a little tease. Just right. a little, little, little tease. Little tease. There were some some comments in there about not enough money for for the school district, not enough money for the library or the the mental health fund that some of these these taxes taxes pay for. But I felt like that was all very minor, but the big reason, the big thing they kept talking about was 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 public pressure or Jason and I, I and I'm kind of tee you up here because this is something you told me about before. Or Jason, they were issues that really shouldn't be issues, right? And I think it'd be you know distractions, if you d- will, distractions, little things where I mean, and some of these things were unsurprisingly similar issues that were raised by city council members who were skeptical of the of the TIF, but were limited to sort of talk about the project at the last city council where they. They raised questions that they have never, literally never raised before for a preliminary development plan that had come through them about where they were on the sewer plan and where they were on the, you know, the infrastructure and what have you, because they know. The, the, the street improvements to Douglas. Right. They know that those sorts of improvements and those sorts of things have to be done before 
a final plan is given or approved and, and construction can actually start. So those are red herrings or distractions that they throw out. To, and essentially, and I'm going to put this in the bluntest terms as I, I can because, well, that's my style. They're hiding behind those. Um, I think instead of getting to the, the core issues, which may just be a fundamental difference of opinion on when a well, on what kinds of projects or what projects that a TIF is is legitimate for in their eyes. I just feel like we didn't have that conversation. And if that's the real reason, that's fine. But I feel like we didn't get to see that conversation happen. We didn't get to see that debate. Right. And I, I agree with you on that. And that is – I will say that we talk a lot about process, about transparency, about those sorts of things. The failure to have that conversation in the public hearing, at the public hearing, in the public forum – you know, during the discussion that's on the record for everybody to see is a a form of uh, lack of transparency that infects, I think, a lot of our when we have discussions and we don't talk about the real thing, the elephant in the room, if you will, and and kind of give the real reasons for or what we're what we're getting to uh, it. It leaves people wondering, you know, why this decision was made. Um, in the face of other information or facts that are And there. that, I think, Jason, is the real disservice to the people. And where I think people should be disappointed is that is that we didn't see the real conversation. We didn't really get to understand why a developer want, went this route to to have some some public private partnership to pay for in this project it was paying for paying for a parking garage. But we didn't get to we didn't get to see why they went that route. And then we didn't get to see the question of is if that was the best route for the city to be involved and i think there there's the disservice because now we're confused because now is it well anytime somebody comes with a tiff and there's a there's a multifamily involved are we all just going to say no and we get people i don't know i'm confused now i don't know what the standards are i don't know i don't know what we should be talking about now and i will i will say this is that there are things that uh, that the applicant can do and there are probably some things that the city staff can do to help sort of put guardrails on the conversation. So one of the things I criticized when I was watching the, the two hour and 47 minute long conversation about that, uh, one of the, con- the, the criticisms yeah. I TIF had- TIF commission should never rival city council for overly long meetings. Correct. Uh, is that the developer, when challenged on the, you know, will this actually pay for the kids that this project will generate, couldn't give us numbers. This wasn't a secret that this was going to come out as a concern that was raised, and I. It's, it's and I'm little, sure there are studies somewhere. There are, because, but they didn't have the numbers in front of them because right. they could have said, "We've looked at all the numbers and we've done this, and we've looked, you know, through these national studies and our local studies and our and our work, and and this is the number that we have come up with." Now that may not have, in the end, changed anybody's opinion on the subject because, as you said, there were probably some pretty fixed opinions going into this. But at least at that point, you you create you know you give that guardrail. It's like you try to bounce that conversation back to the the core subject. So while we may disagree on how much public input and public pressure should have in the the recommending body's decision, I think we can both say that both of those any any of those decisions should be grounded very firmly in the the statutory and the structural components that are required. It does not breed confidence from the public. In the process and and in the governing bodies, and I think I think that's that's really what I what I keep going back to is this is this should be about our ability as 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 the residents to be an informed public 
to know the process, to know how things how things work. And I think we didn't see that. Let's move on, Jason, and kind of kind of look forward a little bit. So this question was posed by some of the some of the the public that spoke during 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 comments, and I think maybe even a couple people on the dais asked this as well. And and I never heard an answer to this question. If this project fails to move forward, if this is the end for this proposed project, what's next? What's next for this property? Because this is a this is a property that has it's not really empty yet. The final service for the Methodist Church is coming up, but it, this is a property that's been on the market for for several years. This is an area, this downtown area, where it's been, like you said, on the radar for many years to bring multifamily to increase density. That's been a part of the plan for the city for a while. What happens though? If this project doesn't go forward, what does this mean for the next thing? Okay, so well, you've asked like four questions there, but I'm going to try to tackle them a bit at a time. So let's talk about. Are you saying I ramble sometimes? Well, let's talk. Let's let's remind people. So this is going to the council. Um, if the TIF plan is to be approved, it has to be approved by a supermajority. And if you're doing a little criminology, the numbers, the the odds are not currently in its favor. Um, to to borrow a uh, Hunger Games phrase there, uh, but and that's it there. So, but I think that's a question we should ask. So, one of the things that we don't talk about often, or and I think people in general um, often we get we get locked into our our fairly narrow viewpoint of the world, um, and I'm as guilty as this as anybody else, and and your comparisons you know, A versus B, right? We're always making a choice between one thing and another. And the choices we get become out of line with what the actual choices are in the end. This is not a choice between a project, a this building being done without a subsidy and this building being done with a subsidy. It's very clear if you look at the numbers and, and take the developer's testimony at face value that if, this subs- if the TIF doesn't get approved, this project will not happen, full stop, okay? So now then, if that's the case, it's not, um, like I said, we're not trying to argue between different profit levels for the developer. We're arguing between a development happening on this site or no development happening on the site and essentially the church becoming, that building becoming emptied as the church makes its full transition from that old campus to their new campus out on View High. And that's a problem. So, the, I mean, just to keep in mind, this property has been listed on the market for over five years, nearly six years now. Yeah. And its original uh, listing price was over $5 million. Um, we don't have an official number, um, but I think it's uh, from what we have heard and guessed that the current contract price is probably something in the half of that range. Um, it's not going to go up. If we're looking at a situation where a development came in, was not approved um, for this type of district, remember, and this is zoned central business district, so this is zoned, so future development needs to comply with a lot of the uh, requirements that the core part of downtown has. So it's not the easiest piece to develop. There are a lot of standards that are involved. It, It limits, it really does limit the capacity for something to happen. It's well, and make- in addition to to the standards, 
we all also know that it's going to require a lot of infrastructure work. Right, because there any any of that is going to require stormwater, sewer, all those sorts of things that uh, that come along with it. So it's not an easy process. So you're looking at the potential, um, you know, and how doomsayer you want to be on it, whether you claim it a likelihood or not, is that this project could kind of sit fallow for an indefinite period of time. Um, it will decrease in value, which harms the church, which, I mean, to be fair to the church, they have been a, a really good community partner for like 100 years um, in Lee Summit. And and so their their financial position is hurt a little bit. The, the property gets less and less attractive. The value goes down. And it's a real problem for the property. And itself. you have to also wonder then, too, other developers, as they look at that property, do then be – do then – they then become leery of the development prospects for that property, of the process, the development process for the city. Right. And then I, I will say this um, for the uh, to the city uh, about the city council is that this is, and I have I have mentioned this before, and this was mentioned by city staff and the developer, a significant apartment multifamily development has been in the dream list and the wish list for downtown since the old downtown master plan was published in 2004. Okay, so this has been, and one would assume it was on their radar in the years prior to that, but this has been part of the city council approved goal set for over 15 years. Now we have finally a project, a viable project that has teed up to come to this on this admitted wish list that we have had. We had a renewal of that five years ago, We've gone through this process multiple times. Housing downtown has been some of the focus or a report in multiple studies about multifamily housing down here. There's all kinds of like evidence and fact and, and enthusiasm for the idea of multifamily project a multifamily project downtown. And the first time we get a real one down here, the city council wants to kill it because they don't like it or somebody doesn't like it. Well, Okay, I'm going to jump in there, Jason. I I feel like, you know, we said at the beginning that that you and I are 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 supportive of this of this project, but I don't want it to get and get to a point where it sounds like we are are devaluing the opinions of those that 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 spoke against it. Look, everybody who has a different opinion to me, they can have that, but they're just wrong. <laughs> you know, that's going to be the whole next show, Jason. We're going to talk about the that attitude is what's killing. All of our community conversations. But, you know, I'll get off my soapbox. We preach all the time for people to get involved, for people to show up and make their voices heard. And that's what happened at this meeting. Probably, as you said, more so than any TIF Commission meeting in the history of the city of Lee Summit. I can think of maybe one other time where that might have been different. I, I was out of town at the time, but but maybe back during the summit fair. Maybe. This is all going to come back again. This will come to the city council. It will probably be about the TIF again. It'll be about the, the pre-development plan again. And I think, so here's my thing. I want to keep encouraging people to show up, whether they are for or against. It is important that they have, they use their voice, they make themselves heard. But what I want to encourage of the public, of the council members, of everyone involved is to be very clear 
on your on your opinions and why and to put them in the right place. If you're if you are against the TIF because you don't think this is the right kind of project to use a TIF in, say it. But say it during the TIF meeting. But say it during the TIF meeting. If you just don't think that that apartments are the right thing to do for this property at this time in our city, then say it, but don't hide behind the TIF thing. I'm going to You've been trying to stop me, but I've been wanting to go a little bit. We need to have a big conversation in this city about multifamily and about housing because I think there is a big push, and it's very obvious to me that there are many, many, many people who just don't want apartments built in Lee Summit ever again. I think you're correct. If that's the case, just say it and don't give me other reasons. Right, and because it's not – an. That doesn't help the conversation right. at all. It, it just it, offers distractions and it gets people riled up. Right. If you get up there and, and there's nothing, and I will say this, there there is nothing inherently wrong with having that as your stance. That you worry. That's a valid stance. Right. That apartments are the wrong thing. We I had, may or may not agree with you, but I know that it's a real stance and you're not just feeding me something else. The city council of the city of Lee Summit, Missouri, not just slightly, I think over 10 years ago, put a moratorium on the approval for building permits for duplexes. So they can have, we can have that conversation about what kind of housing do we want in this city. And the city council can put their foot down and they can say something very clear one direction or another. And that's a fine conversation to have. You should look forward. You should have the conversation about who do we want to be. But we keep having the conversation instead about on-street parking or luxury con- luxury apartments versus non-luxury apartments or you know toilets flushing or any other thing but the actual conversation at hand and there Jason goes back to your point about transparency absolutely all right so we're going to we're going to leave that question just hanging out there um, because one I don't think we can resolve it since, well, honestly, Nick, you and I tend to agree on these things, so it's not really going to be much. Well, of an and argument. I don't think that we should resolve it, you and I. I, I think, I think the point is, this is the real question for everyone else. This is the real question for the residents of the city. They need to show up, make their voices heard. Okay, Jason. We teased it earlier. A little foreshadowing. Now, I don't know if you've heard, Nick. But there's a school board election coming up next week. It is the only thing on the ballot, Jason. There are eight candidates for two seats on the Lee Summit R7 Board of Education. We have interviewed seven of those candidates. Seven of them participated. Can, can in the we give Q&A. like a? Can we give like a sort of a negative, uh, in like a non-endorsement to the one who didn't choose to participate? Um, I'm uh, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no. But maybe I should reconsider. And I only say no because we don't do endorsements either. Right. We don't do endorsements. I'm just saying that maybe you should take into account the there was one candidate who didn't answer anybody's questions and and, and vote accordingly. There you go. Okay. Let's start off with the candidates. Let's let let's let's name them out there, Jason. Amy Turgan, Bill Birmingham, Donald Olson, Judy Hedrick, Catherine Campbell, Mike Allen, Michael McMenus. And Paul Dornan. Those are your eight candidates for two seats. Now here comes the hard Writing Krusty Klein. 
You, you make this so hard for me. To, I know to you edit like you want to be like serious and put forth, and I'm like throwing random stuff in, and I feel great about it. <laughs> Not sorry. Okay, I'm gonna rein you in. Let's actually let's let's dig in now to the issues surrounding these candidates. Jason, you and I, we we we, we sent out a questionnaire to each of the candidates. We were able to interview, like we said, seven of those candidates. Now that we've talked to them, I guess what stands out to you that are are that all of them talked about? What are the what are the issues that matter that people can use to differentiate between these candidates? All right. So after conducting the interviews and thinking about them, I think there was a thread that I think will allow people to differentiate amongst the candidates a little bit. And and I'm gonna try to put this in a way so that whatever your viewpoint on this is Maybe you can find, you know, but you should think about it along this thread and, and maybe it'll help inform your decision when you're trying to decide between candidates. And it's difficult in these sorts of situations to really know what the difference is. Well, and let's be honest. I mean, typically, school board elections are a little harder because we don't always pay attention to the minutia of the school district. Right. I thought like two years ago in the midst of the McGahee thing and last year on the rebound from that, we had the like most covered uh school board elections ever and and yet this community has raised the bar again um, in in covering these and getting information out there which is a great thing so what I heard um, when you go through theirs is listen to the candidates and how well they're able to address um, dealing with the equity plan um, the 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 racial uh, performance gap or the racial outcomes gap um, that are there and who can talk about that with um, some integrity who may have avoided the subject altogether or tried to dance around it or perhaps people who just didn't really have a good answer at all in that whole process and 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 I think everybody's mileage will vary a little bit depending on the position they come into that and how they want to hear that sort of thing but I think that those are that's a place that really differentiates um, amongst the candidates and the answers that they gave, if you listen with that in mind, I think you'll pick up um, some differences and maybe it'll help make your decision. And mostly, I want you to re-download and listen to that again. Well, you might as well just say, subscribe to Lisa Town Hall and all your favorite podcast apps. Give us a give us a rating. A review. Yeah. Download, re-download, listen again, <laughs> do all those things. Well, I, I, it, look, it's not a surprise that that's the issue that stood out to you because I, 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 I think Jason – most of us that pay any attention to this at all know that this this one issue, the equity plan, the discussion of of level of importance for this racial gap, that's it. That's dominating this entire election. That's what this is about. This is about this is about that conversation and about the superintendent, Dr. Carpenter, who first brought this up. But let's start let's get let's put a starting point here, Jason. There has been a, a very loud and very vocal, can I call it a group, group of people? I think that's a fair number, fair word to put it. Um, that have have voiced a lot of resistance to, to, to the equity plan and to things that have been put forth by the superintendent. I feel like that group, valid or not, I don't, I don't want to get into that yet. Or at all, even because that has maybe distracted us from 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 some of the conversations, and and also 
taken away the fact that I, I this is a great school district. People move to Lee Summit because of the school district. When we talk about why people should come to Lee Summit, whether it's to visit, to work, to live, or all three, which we hope everyone does, there are two things we put on that flyer, maybe three. I don't want to discount the other one. The school district, the downtown, and our park system. Can we agree there? Yeah, those are on the brochure. Those are the things that are on the front of the brochure. We are talking about a top-notch school district in the state. And then we are talking about a small group that aren't performing as awesome as the rest of the students. Right. Can I can I can I say that's our baseline? I mean, I think that is. Is uh, you're talking about a, a high performing school district and and a group of students that are not at that same level as a whole. Um, obviously, every individual case is different. Right. There are varying happy. levels of that. Right. But I but I but I I feel like that has some of the narratives have made this case that it's it's a plummeting district and there are things because we are or aren't having quote the conversation that is ruining the district. All right, and I, so I don't feel like that is correct. We have already fallen into the trap and I'm going to break the trap right now. We're not even talking about what the conversation is. I was I was leading up to it. I was trying to do a little build up. You're there. trying to do a little build up. Well, it feels like I always feels like we're avoiding that. Look, let's be clear. And, and I'm going to put this out there, and I'm going to take a strident opinion on this. The reason that this is a big issue, and the reason that this is a, a, an uncomfortable issue for people to talk about, because the subgroup of people who are having disparate outcomes in this district are black. Straight up. And it is uncomfortable to talk about race in America. Full stop. Can't argue with you. I thought you were going to argue with me. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with you. But I think the conversation that we need to have, that we haven't had, Jason, is whether or not that specific subgroup of black students is the subgroup we should be focusing on. Some of the pushback from people has been that there are other subgroups that are also performing lower, that the, that the, the achievement gap crosses many subgroups. Okay. And I think that there are some of that pushback has been if if we're talking about this one group, we're ignoring these other groups. And I understand all of that. All right. So let's let's start here. First let's let's lob a, a criticism at the superintendent. And and we have not. We he's been uh, very friendly to us, come on the show a couple of times. We've had a town hall. It's been a, a good relationship, but uh, I think a fair criticism of the superintendent. Well, to, be, to be honest, we don't talk a lot about the school district. This Probably is true. not enough. Probably and, not and, enough. And or that, and that's on us. So in, in some people's minds, way way too much. But <laughs> so so you know, in fairness, we, we haven't given ourselves the opportunity okay. to lob. I would say a fair criticism of Dr. Carpenter is that he has not answered that question either. Um, that he has not made the case why we should make a focus on racial disparity in outcomes because it's not just one race, but we'll say racial disparity in outcomes and, and why we shouldn't focus on the poor kids or the kids with disabilities or the kids who need special education or any of the other groups that may be subperforming. And I don't know all of them and probably some of the ones I just said don't actually have lower performance scores than others. And so I was wrong, but I would say this, um, my, you know, I, I I would not by any stretch consider myself an expert on this subject. 
Um, but the inf- the readings and the things that I have done says that when you address this one, this is one of the ones that is so foundational in the American experience going back 500 years that you have to tackle this one because it's the one at the sort of the very root of it all. And by addressing that particular, especially the African-American experience, you will lift, it will create the systems in which will lift everybody, right? You'll, you'll lift that, that will create the actual rising tide that lifts all the boats. And, and that's the argument that I would put forth um, if I were the one speaking to it. However, the superintendent has done, I would venture, far more research and reading on the subject matter than I have and probably should be able to speak more eloquently to it um, than I can. But I don't think that that has been a part of the public discussion. Um, and, and maybe that's on him for not really getting that addressed in, in, in a way that can be handled. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little ownership and say maybe that's a little on on us too, Jason, that we didn't ask these that question and those questions earlier on. Uh, you know, you said something earlier to me off air that you know we couldn't change our questioning midway through interviewing each of the candidates. However, maybe if we'd been a little more prepared, we could have helped facilitate those those conversations a little a little better. And I think that's something that you and I are committed to uh, to maybe trying to fix in the future. Yeah, and I think that you know there's clearly some uh, town hall town halls to be had uh, to help I think make the public conversation about this go forward um, as we go out there. But I, I will say this: by not having that conversation, by not putting it on the table, right, that we're talking about these things or we need to talk about these things. By not saying, I mean, so there are questions that we didn't, and I, to my knowledge, weren't put forth to any of the candidates. Straightforward ones like, do you believe the data that's out there, that there are racial dispar- disparity and racial outcomes? Which, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to call out here that, that, that that is one thing I encourage people to listen to. We didn't specifically ask about it, but there were some candidates who who talked about the data? There are some candidates who questioned the data. So I, I and there I think, were there were candidates that accepted the data and then did a tap dance all around and not have to talk about right. it. Right. So I think that's that is, that is something that, that that people can listen listen for in in those interviews, which you can find on the elections page at linktoleesummit.com. Good job. All right. So, but, but that's one but, question. But I think and this this Jason this goes back to to something we talked about in the first segment uh, of our show is where we're asking whether it's our candidates, our current elected officials, our people in the public that are having these conversations, don't use other things to distract us and pull us away from the real conversations. And and I feel like some of that has happened because we haven't heard anybody at school board really come out and talk about that and, and say – when they when they discussed the equity plan, nobody really really came out and, and said, "I don't think this is what we need to be doing." And I think it's very obvious that some on that board are pushing back against Dr. Carpenter and against this equity plan, but they aren't doing it in a public forum. Right? They're doing it in perhaps in closed session, perhaps. Uh, and that's fine. In when small it, groups and what have you. Closed around. session stuff is closed session right. stuff, and that and that's but, that's where you talk about. Whether or not you want to to extend a contract, whether or not you want to to give them a raise, all that stuff happens behind closed doors, and it should be behind closed doors. Right, but I mean, in in terms of, but we're not having this conversation. the The set of questions that should be asked are, you know, is there? Do you believe the data that says that there are 
a disparity in racial outcomes? If the answer, you know, do you believe we should work on that and try to improve those outcomes? And then the third question is, how do we do that? We don't get to talk about how do we do it until we affirmatively answer the first two questions. And I think that the, a lot of the the hubbub, the hullabaloo, the distractions, the uh, the turmoil that we've you know that has been I, I would say created by those who point to it um, is a, a, a reaction to even the hint of those questions being on the table and and that's it's not an unfair it's a very human reaction to have but in order to to have a transparent, governance and a transparent work through at the school district level and any level of government, we have to be willing to talk about these issues and put forth our stances on the table. And and we haven't been able to do that. And I think that holds us back. So, you know, well, I think you just brought up a, a really good thing to me as you talked about, you can't get to the how until you've decided on the what, right? And, and, and the what, and, and I think that that some of that distractions because I want to say we, just the whole community. We've thrown all these other things. It's it, it, it's been that there's people leaving the district. It's been that teachers are upset because they're not being heard and, and they want to be heard about you know what they're going to do in their classroom. And, and look, Jason, I, I make no bones about this. I will always 100% support the teachers when we're talking about it. I'm, I'm married to one. I don't happy, really have a choice. Yeah, a happy Mrs. Link to Lisa. Yeah, look, look. I've grown up with teachers. My mom was a teacher. My aunts were teachers. My wife is a teacher. And those are the people, and I hate war analogies, but I, what else am I going to say? But those are the ones in the front lines of education. Those are the ones that see your kids day in, day out, every minute of the day. They're the most important thing. However, we got there too soon. We, I, we haven't really even decided what the problem is and what do we want to fix and and what steps we want to take to fix it so there's not even a proposal on the table really for what we're asking of the teachers in this effort so it's an interesting question and i think we'll get to it but i think we need to be able to in the end have an honest discussion from the dais where people are it's okay to disagree if you think wholeheartedly that we should have our focus on closing performance gaps should be elsewhere, you should get up and you should be able to say that. Now, you might get voted down and you might lose. You might lose an election if you said, you know, one one side or another of the whole process. Those are consequences, but that's okay. That's part of the sort of the robust democracy piece that we want to talk about, where people can come together, they can put forth their disparate viewpoints, and out of that comes a path forward that we all work with as best we can. And and that is what we're trying to shoot for, but we we keep not talking about the sort of the key pieces or or laying our cards on the table in a transparent way that we can actually have that conversation. Well, the only other thing I'm going to chime in Jason is is I want you to to, to take what you just said and expand it beyond the current elected officials and beyond the eight people running for the two seats, those eight candidates, that's probably some good advice for all of us is to is to just be transparent with ourselves, with our neighbors, with the people we interact with on social media, and be willing to go out there and say what it is that you're thinking. I have, I have a controversial opinion I'd like to put forth right now. <laughs> yes. I like tacos. <laughs> on that note, on tacos, I'm going to wrap things up here. I'm going to say 
it is important for us to have uncomfortable conversations, to be honest. It's the only way that we can move forward as a community, as people, and that we'll all be better and more informed voters and participants in our community. To do that, Jason, where can they go? They, they can go to linktolisummit.com. And the elections page to learn all, all about, about their it. candidates. And I encourage the other thing, go to your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever your favorite one is, go there. Subscribe to Lee Summit Town Hall. Give us a rating. Send us a note on Facebook, link to Lee Summit, Twitter, at LS Town Hall. Let us know how we can make this show a little better. Give us some topics, maybe some other community issues you think we ought to be discussing. Jason hinted that we're looking at another live town hall event. Probably going to talk a little bit about the school district in the future. Maybe there's some other things that we should be talking about. Let us know. That will wrap it up for this week. We'll be back on Friday with our Friday conversation. Talk to you all then. Jason, our other awesome sponsor. Shred. Shred Casey. I got to confess. I got to make a confession. I'm doing this publicly like I'm doing everything else. You know, I've. I would know for the record you've already confessed this earlier in the podcast, but you do you. Well, you know, look, I've, I've been bragging a lot about myself as we talk about Shred, but I got to make a confession too. I drank beer, a decent amount of beer. We ate at a food truck. My wife celebrated five years cancer free this week we went out to eat and celebrate so um my confession i've cheated a little bit but honestly given the time frame and what that when i was there for the beer portion of it you cheated more than a little (laughs) (laughs) but here's the thing here's what i love about the guys at shred i'm back on the horse and they support me they're giving me the tools i need to get back on to get back in shape to Keep going on my fitness goals. I bet, actually, Ryan intimidates the carbs right out of beer and can just drink it. Really, I think that's what it is. is he's gonna, he's, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to see him again, and he's just going to look at me all like you know, eight foot, three inches of him, and and, and, and I'll be scared, and, and all that body fat will just run away. Run away. Or I will run away. Because <laughs> well, I'm a little scared, too. Yeah, I've seen that in a goes. So back on the horse, they're not going to judge you. They're just going to work with you to get to your goals, to help you. They understand that there are times where you got to let loose a little bit, got to stray from the diet or stray from the plan just to shade to, shade to keep that uh, to keep that mental mental health in t- in check. So I'm going to say to you, Jason, because you know you probably need it too, and to everyone else listening, if you need if you're looking for the tools to to change your lifestyle a little bit to get fit, if you're looking for people that will support you and teach you and help you on the way. Go see our friends at Shed, Shred KC. You can find them at shredkc.com. Tell them Jason next second.